Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Block Hash Podcast, episode 264. Today, we have on Hamdi Cater, co-founder of Devo Protocol. Hamdi, how you doing, man? Hey, Brandon. What's going on, man? All good. What about you? Doing well, doing well. I know you're traveling today. How's, how's the travel life going? Let me tell you something, man. I just hate American Airlines all of a sudden. Is it just like every I've never had a good time with American Airlines. Every time I go, <laughs> I either I miss the flight or you know, it's just delayed, or the you know, I don't get on the plane. There's something, something going on with American Airlines. We, we have a beef, but you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a thing with American Airlines too. They just <laughs> piss me off sometimes. Like, I'm sorry, but you no, know, if they if they're they got somebody like scoping podcasts to look for people that are giving them a hard time, like I hope they hear this, but customer <laughs> service is trash sometimes. Oh, it is so, trash. It is trash. Um, I got stories for days. <laughs> yeah, and they they got like such a high ego with things. I don't know what it is, but whatever. We'll talk about that on a future episode. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, MD, tell me a bit more about yourself and your background. Um, how did you get into the space? How did you? What did you do before? And then how did you kind of get to where you are now with Diva? Yeah. No. Um, you know, first and foremost, thanks for having me on on the on the podcast, man. Uh, you know, I, I watched a previous, you know, a couple of your previous podcasts. I really like what you get, what you do. Um, so, you know, that's first and foremost. And about me. So, I'm a JD MBA uh, from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Uh, you know, prior to, oh, are you still there? Yep. I, yep. Oh, I'm I still saw, here. Okay. Cool, we we cool. just changed the. Oh, changed yeah, that, the that was so, <laughs> well. <laughs> you know, I'm a JD MBA from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, you know, prior to blockchain, I worked in multiple different Fortune 500 companies from MetLife to NextEra Energy to Citrix, both in the business and legal capacity. Uh, I always spent a lot of time, though, trying to uplift my community. And, you know, a lot of that was through starting my own projects. Now, when doing that, I saw that there were many problems, right? People didn't know where they were donating their money to, right? Um, you know, and they were sick and tired of that. Uh, volunteers weren't being rewarded for their time. People like me who were starting their own projects, we didn't know where to start, right? I mean, how do I get funding? How do I get volunteers? How do I coordinate all this? And, you know, when I dug deeper into the problem, I saw that it was because of all this was as a result of a lack of financial incentives. Um, and so, you know, I saw how blockchain was really revolutionizing many different industries, saw how philanthropy remained, you know, largely untapped, and decided that, hey, you know, I, I knew a couple of great people in the space, teamed up with them, and we created Devo. Got it. Got it. Um, nice, man. Was it was there like a single moment or a period of time where you just kind of realized, had an epiphany that this is like the industry you want to be a part of? I, I know a lot of people yeah. do because it's such a, a new one. Um, was there like a moment or a single thing that kind of sparked that for you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, our technical architect is Adam. Um, you know, so Adam was the previous lead director of Zap, uh, the Bitcoin Center. Um, you know, he worked in, on consensus. He worked on, uh, you know, on a, on a bunch of other projects. And, I, you know, I'm a very close friend with him. So even prior to blockchain, you know, he would just not stop. He would not shut up about it, you know. And so he, I kept learning, learning, learning more. Um, but what really pushed me towards, you know, the edge of wanting to jump into this industry. Because, you know, as a JD MBA, there's not a lot of JD MBAs out there, you know, that are in the blockchain space, right? They, yeah. they, they, don't, they probably think blockchain is Bitcoin. Like, that's, that's all they think, right? If they even know what Bitcoin is. So, you know, what made me want to jump is when I took a deeper dive and I saw 
how it was not only revolutionizing different industries, but it was really promoting decentralization. Um, and, you know, someone with my background who I've really seen the negative consequences of centralization, uh, seeing how blockchain was, you know, flipping that all on its head. This was something that's when I knew that this was something that I really wanted to get into, something that gives power back to the people, something that at the same time also revolutionizes that space in and of itself. And then when I saw philanthropy was on basically on, you know, untapped and it had all these problems, you know, I said, you know, why don't I just connect the both of those together? Got it. Got it. That's, that's a cool way to kind of come together with everything and find your way to where you're doing now with Devo protocol. Um, tell me more about it. I'm curious, like, what is it that you guys are trying to do? Is it like a typical like DeFi type protocol or do you guys focus on anything in particular? Yeah. So, you know, uh, fr from a very broad outset, what we do is that we tokenize the philanthropy space, right? And the philanthropy space is worth $2.3 trillion. Uh, so when we tokenize it, the token holders, you know, not only do they get a reward, a substantial reward, because it's basically untokenized, but also simultaneously, you really solve a lot of problems, such as you provide unprecedented, unprecedented transparency. Uh, you start being able to reward participants like volunteers, and then you allow everybody in this ecosystem to coordinate and intercommunicate with one another in a trustless fashion where everybody is verified and everybody can intercommunicate, knowing they're communicating with a verified party and having their actions recorded. Um, and more than happy to dive. That's the 30 seconds field. More than happy to dive into, mm -hmm. deeper into how that works. Yeah, yeah. Let's dive deeper into it. So what type of philanthropic... Um, initiatives or charities or mm -hmm. what and more particularly are you guys focused on tokenizing well that's we're looking at tokenizing the entire space uh we didn't really feel like you know it was our place to really limit it to one philanthropic initiative like who are we at the end of the day this is a DAO, right and i feel like that's the DAO's decision who are we to say one philanthropic initiative is more important than another philanthropic initiative okay. um so, you know, the way that we have set it up is the fact that it's it's a DAO at the end of the day, and we take four parties in philanthropy, right? We've categorized them four people, volunteers, volunteer organizations, donors, and corporate entities. We verify every one of these parties, and then we bring them onto the platform, on the protocol. After that, they are, they're, um, they're able, through the decentralized application, to intercommunicate with one another, right? And everyone has their own DIDs. And that shows they're verified. And when they intercommunicate with one another, their actions are recorded with e-NFTs. So, you know, hypothetically, if a donor want, donates, that's recorded in e-NFT. A corporation sponsors, that's an e-NFT. A volunteer volunteers, that's also an e-NFT, right? Um, and also through this, you also, you're also able to really show transparency. Volunteer projects now, instead of just getting a teddy bear in the mail, right, of saying, oh, thank you for donating, right? Hopefully, you know, your money's being, you know, put to good use. Here's a stock picture. Uh, you know, what we do is that these projects, when they sign up on the platform and they get their DID, they have to list their projects in milestones, right? So, like, you know, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say a project, you know, wants $100,000. They split their project into four milestones and each milestone is detailed. Now, the donor, now they have to prove that they've reached every single milestone before a specific percentage of the funds that's donated to them actually is released. Now, who decides if they've accomplished that specific milestone? It's the DAO founders. It's not the DAO founders, It's the donors. So the donors are the ones that decide when these projects have reached the milestones. And now it's up to the nonprofit organization. It's up to that project to prove that, yes, we have accomplished X, Y, and Z. 
So, you know, and we also include a lot of awesome DeFi uh, mechanisms in it. So, you know, we forked an Apple Force smart contract. We're locking 33% of liquidity, 33% uh, of Devo tokens with 33% of the amount raised, which is around $20 million. And not only does that produce yield and that yield keeps on increasing because that liquidity pool due to Apple Forth keeps on increasing in size, but also it creates kind of like a token floor price because now you have Devo tokens, right, with AMM that keeps on increasing and decreasing. Uh, you know, tied in with a growing amount of, uh, you know, you could call it collateral that's staked against it, that's locked. So, you know, we, we include a lot of awesome DeFi mechanisms with it. We've part, we're partnering with, um, you know, this protocol called Elbow uh, that really enhances even the DeFi mechanisms that people can do, right? Now you can, uh, you know, take delta neutral positions with Devo. Uh, you can take contract insurance with Devo. Uh, you know, you have more uh, options as it comes to leveraging. And, you know, th that's the cool thing about it, right, is providing all these benefits, uh, you know, providing financial incentives to token holders, because a lot of this thing, a lot of the, the actions I just mentioned require the Devo token as a utility, uh, but also allowing them to really, con you know, do a lot of cool DeFi, uh, you know, DeFi mechanisms, which also increases the utility. Yeah. So is the yield primarily for the donors or is it for like overall token holders in the in the DAO or how does that aspect work? So the yield, the DAO founders are the one who vote where it goes, mm -hmm. right? Um, now the yield, what it's intended to do is in order to fund the project in perpetuity. You see a lot of these projects, right? A lot of these projects, unfortunately, you know, they, they have a good run for three, four, five years and then they either run out of funding um, and or, or, they, or they hit a hard wall and then the whole project disappears. We looked at this and we're like, how can we make sure that this survives in perpetuity? The liquidity pools, the rebasing liquidity pools was one of them. So this yield, what it's targeted towards is to fund the entire ecosystem and to also allow the DAO to uh, be able to initiate new, uh, you know, um, be able to basically obtain or initiate new initiatives. Got it. Can anyone become a donor? Is this open to anyone or is it closed off to a set group of people that are selected? Oh, no. Um, you know, well, the way we're still in our seed round, right? So in terms okay. of like who exactly is going to be a donor, that's still yet to be determined. Now, one of the things, one of the things that we're planning on doing is we're going to provide the DAO with guidance, right? You know, hey, based on best practices, based on the research, you know, based on the steps we've taken part of the raise, these are, you know, a, a specific party should have should have A, B, and C characteristics, right? Um the DAO founders are supposed to be the ones who actually put it into action or not, right? And ultimately, the DAO founders can do whatever whatever they want as it pertains to that. Um, so, yeah, you know, we don't, we have not set a standard as of yet, but we're leaving it a lot to the DAO founders because you can't really be – you have to really find that fine line, right? How can you be a DAO but also conduct a lot of centralized uh, a lot of centralized decisions? So it's, it's you always have to be very careful with that. Got it. Who are the DAO founders? Is it like a small group? Yeah, so right now we're still at the very beginning, um, okay. but we're actually partnered up with, we're in major talks with, and let me preference this by saying, we recently launched a volunteer campaign, right? Um, you know, so it's decentralized volunteering. So we launched a volunteer campaign, but prior to that, we were really building up the project. We got a lot of awesome special partners like, you know, Solid World, um, which partnered the Flow Carbon recently and Ethica, which is the first licensed exchange uh, for projects aiming to achieve SDG goals. Um, and then, you know, we've got, you know, a couple of great nonprofit organizations like Reform Alliance, which is actually a nonprofit. It's, it's pretty cool. Co-founded by Jay-Z and Meek Mill uh, and Robert Kraft, the New York Patriots, huge names. And, you know, then we launched a volunteer campaign. 
And I kid you not, in 10 days, we actually onboarded 22,000 volunteers. Uh, so after we got 20,000 and our socials jumped up to around like from 800 overall to around like 60,000 as it, as it is right now. So, you know, after that, we've been getting a lot of interest from, you know, venture capitals and venture capital firms and also other DAO founders. But, you know, in, in terms of the current DAO founders, yes, it's a small group. Uh, but, you know, based on, you know, the people we've been speaking to, based on the interest that we've been seeing, it's definitely, you know, going to grow really, really big. Got it. Can any organization benefit from this DAO or do they have to be selected um, by the found by the founders or donors or how does that process work? Like if yeah. I have a company or actually better since it's charitable, if I had a charity yeah. and I wanted it to, you know, receive, you know, charitable donations through the DAO, through Devo, yeah. um, is there a process that I have to go through for that? Because it's it's very important that charities, you know, receive money from the right places uh, under U.S. law. And that can become very hairy sometimes. Yeah. Um, we've heard millions of stories of, you know, charities sometimes being used for the wrong purposes. Um, is there any issue also with that in the eyes of the law potentially? Or is that, you know, completely out of their scope because it's decentralized? Well, you know, you, you just mentioned it right now. We're aiming it to be decentralized, right? We're not mm -hmm. planning to say, like, just if you can only join as a volunteer organization if you're a 501c3. What we determine as a volunteer organization is basically anybody on the ground that wants to start a Goodwill project. Because we really want to empower them, right? Now, one of the problems I faced when I was trying to volunteer is the fact that I did not have the resources in order to conduct or as, actually achieve my goals. I did not have funding. I did not have access to volunteers. I did not have, you know, corporations being able to sponsor me. Um, I did not have visibility, uh, you know, and there's a lot of things I was lacking. But how about if you have a DAO that allows people to start their own goodwill projects, people who are actually on the ground, who know what's going on, right? Not these large nonprofit organizations. Um, we're not all, but quite a few, um, you know, carry out their, you know, carry out their task very inefficiently and, you know, a lot where you don't even know where the heck your money is going, right? So, you know, in terms of volunteer organization, we really focus on, we allow, we try to make it as decentralized as possible, allow anyone to be a quote unquote volunteer organization. Um, you know, in terms of the onboarding process, so, you know, as mentioned previously, when somebody launches their project on the DAO, they have specific milestones, right? And the whole point of that is to provide people who are actually giving these resources the power and the knowledge and the transparency to make their own decisions, basically providing power back to the people, right? So, you know, I'm going to throw a hypothetical situation. If there's a project, right, and they have four milestones, um, you know, there could be some donors out there who would be content with, you know, the, the this project not providing a, a lot of credit, a lot of proof that they've achieved these specific milestones. But there could be other donors who would actually want more and who would not allow the funds to be released until those things are actually achieved. Um, so th those are two things. Thirdly, what we're planning on doing is that we're planning on launching what's called Devo verifiers on the ground, right? So in basically in every single geographic area that we that this is the overall goal, and we're thinking really big, and we already have a couple of these actually in play. In every single geographic area, we want volunteers on the ground or a point person on the ground to actually go through these projects and them verify that these projects are actually doing what they're doing. Um, and that's actually a very interesting thing we're going to do right now is because we have such a large community, we're planning on launching a similar initiative. Um, so, so yeah, there's multiple ways we're trying to verify. 
Got it. Got it. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of work has been going into this. Um, so you, you mentioned that you guys are in the middle of a seed round, right? You're raising yeah. funds for this. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, you know, it's a middle of a seed round. Uh, you know, you, you can join the seed round right on right now on our site actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, we are currently our seed round, but you know, I want to mention one thing though, a lot of projects, I don't know why when they enter their seed round, it's like everything else stops, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what we've been doing is that we've been building simultaneously aggressively while we're in our seed round. So it's not like that we're in our raise stop. No, we are in our raise, but we're really building up the project, right? We're mm-hmm. building up the decentralized application, right? Even before we finish the seed round, uh, we, we have the first version like 75% coded uh, and we have volunteers on the ground. So it's not only have we signed up these volunteers, but we have volunteers on the ground who actually have a Devo verifier, right? To have verified the projects they are doing. And we know the hours they're doing and they're being rewarded with Devo tokens, right? Even before the mm-hmm. DAP comes out. So yes, we're in our seed round, but I just wanted to make clear that we're also simultaneously really building out the project because, you know, we just didn't want to stall. Got it. That's good. No, you want to keep working on the project. Yeah. I don't like it when a company is trying to raise money and they halt everything, you know, just so they can try to, to raise. I mean, yeah, makes no sense to me. Um, but no, that's good. So would you say that right now gaining that seed investor and getting that investment is the biggest need for Devo protocol at the moment, or are there other things you guys are looking for to help improve the protocol? Um, I would say, you know, in terms of need, I mean, it's definitely, it's great, right? Who doesn't want funding? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, but yeah, you know, funding is also is one great thing. Um, You know, another thing we're looking for is more volunteers. We have 22,000. We're trying to get a hundred thousand, right? It's nothing we're trying to do. Uh, you know, we're looking for, for new team members, right? We have probably a team of around 22 people. Uh, we've onboarded the whole new marketing team. Shout out to Ian, by the way, who's our amazing social media manager. Uh, you know, onboarded like, you know, whole new marketing team. But with this huge community and with this effort, you know, we're also looking for more people, more qualified personnel, um, you know, just to add to, to, to our muscle. So if I find it kind of a bit hard when I, when I say like, what's the most thing that we're looking for? It's a lot of different things. Definitely funding is one of them, but you know, there's definitely other value adds that can come to Devo as well. Cool, cool. Um, so after the seed round, you know, what's next? What does your guys' timeline look like? So you guys are still developing, so you guys yeah. probably have a plan in place. What are you guys looking forward to the most? Yeah, so what we're planning on doing is probably in around six months, uh, you know, we will be on an IEO. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our seed round is, uh, you know, after our, basically after we finish these private rounds, we're then going to go on an IEO. Uh, we have actually contact with a couple of great exchanges. Uh, you know, it, it's the benefit of, you know, being collaborating with people like Adam who have, you know, all these predisposed connections that, you know, have just been amazing. And uh, yeah. So after that, we're planning to go. We're going to build for three months after the rounds close. And then, you know, so that's three months for the rounds and then three months for building. And then we go IEO and yeah, and then we're fully live. Nice, man. So that's got to be exciting. When do you yeah. uh, plan to hopefully be live? Um, soon? So or? Six months. Yeah, six, six, six months. months. Okay. Yeah, six six months. So it's three it's three months rounds, right? Um, now, if the rounds finish quicker, right, it'll be quicker, right? But we want it to be very conservative. Like we, we, you know, so it's like basically we put like three months, and then like you know three months also after that because it's two rounds, right? It's a seed round, mm-hmm. and it's the it's the pre launch round with the seed round being like ten cents, the pre launch round going for twenty cents. And then the IEO going for 30 cents. Mm-hmm. Right. Got it. Got it. 
Have you found it difficult at all raising the money in those seed rounds given the state of the market? Or do you feel that people are investing more in projects, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity? Well, no, I mean, definitely. I feel like everybody felt the hit, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no lying there. But I feel like what really, you know, showed everybody in the team that we are a very special project is the fact that despite the fact that we're in the bear market, the amount of interest that we are getting from these large capital partners has been phenomenal. Right. These capital partners who have just basically froze, you know, are speaking with us. They want to speak to us. They want to have a second meeting and a third meeting um, and so on and so forth. So it's definitely been, you know, phenomenal, the interest that we've that we've gotten, um, you know, as you well know. So like for the seed round right now, uh, you know, it has like a minimum cap. So it's like the, the second round is more open towards, you know, the small investors in order to grow that community pool. So, you know, with those big deals, those take a lot of time or some time to come to fruition. But, you know, just for the interest that we've gotten has been phenomenal. Uh, so long, so long, long, long answer. Yes, we've seen it, but we've been dealing with it. Our our end of it has been much better than I feel like a lot of other people. Nice, man. Yeah, it's been rough the last nine months or so. Yeah, <laughs> this industry, it's, so it's good to good to know that you're making progress. Yeah. Um, where's your community base? Do you guys have something on Telegram or Discord or where can people find it if they want to get involved in the community? Yeah, no, 100 percent. Um, you know, yeah, we have a link tree, which um, I'm not sure if I provided you with that. But yeah, you can go on our Twitter, mm -hmm. Devo Protocol, basically, right? D-E-V-O Protocol. You can go there. You can also go on our website, www. Or, you know, I don't know. If I'm going to put it right here. www.devo protocol.org or the IO, which goes to the org. Um, you know, from our website, you can see all our socials. You can see our link tree. Um, yeah, no, follow us on all socials. Follow us what we're doing. We're doing amazing stuff, man. It's it's This is going to be a revolutionary project. We are redefining philanthropy and volunteerism, right? We are giving power back to the people. We are allowing these volunteers to take matters into their own hands. We are showing people where their donations are going. What we're also doing is the fact that we are proving that a reward right, in terms of token rewards, can be accomplished with goodwill. They don't have to be separate. They can be accomplished once, you know, once together. And more than happy to dive into the utility in, in greater detail, if you'd like to explain how that works. Yeah, if you want to. We've got a couple of minutes left. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, go dive into the detail a bit. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. All right, so, you know, basically for the utility, we've split mm -hmm. it into four parts. It's A, it's the governance, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. B, it's the yield which we described with these uh, with the seal that keeps on increasing, right? So the yield keeps on increasing in value because the amp, because due to the M4 smart contract, the liquidity pool, right? Some of the yield keeps on being reinvested back. Uh, thirdly, we have contract interaction fees, right? So for specific interactions that happen when let's say a donor donates or corporation signs up um, or a volunteer organization onboards a volunteer, there has to be a contract interaction fee that has to be paid with Devo tokens that goes back in the liquidity pool. Um, so when you imagine millions and millions of interactions occurring, all that demand for the Devo token becomes substantial. And if we're able to get 22,000 volunteers with all organic marketing, right, with just a couple of posts, can you imagine that once we fulfill, all, you know, once we're in the future, when we have that huge war chest, how many volunteers and how many, uh, you know, users we're going to have and how many interactions are going to be happening on the protocol, it's going to be phenomenal, uh, you know. And fourthly, we have the ecosystem transactions, which are services provided by the DAO. One of the core services is corporate sponsorships. So if a corporation wants to sponsor a specific project uh, or, you know, if they want to go sponsor themselves on the DAP itself, they have to acquire that with Devo token. So imagine like a Devo token price, right? 
to sponsor this project, you have to pay 10,000 Devo tokens, which also flows to the volunteers, right? And then, or to sponsor on the DAP, you have to pay the liquidity pool 10,000 Devo tokens. So those are the four core utilities. Nice, man. No, it sounds like this is going to be a really fun project to see it launch. Yeah. Um, you know, blockchain is perfect for something like philanthropy and charity and, and yeah. giving back. Um, you know, having a decentralized, open and verifiable nature, you know, solves so many issues and, you know, philanthropic efforts today. So I'm very excited to see what you guys do with it and, you know, where you take it. I feel like it could branch off in a million directions. So it's going to be fun. Um, what about you? Can people find you online as well? Yeah, man. Oh, well, the first time somebody asked me that, well, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, you can go on, on Twitter. Um, you know, my name is Hamdi, my first name and then mm -hmm. underscore, I believe it's Devo, D-E-V-O. That's, that's my Twitter. You know, feel free to, yeah, go, go follow me guys. hundred percent. You know, I have a, my, my profile pictures of me like, you know, doing a speech. So, you know, give that mm -hmm. some love too. Give that some love. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> what speech, what speech was that? I was actually invited in Dubai, um, you know, to uh, to be like a to be a speaker at one of the events, mm -hmm. and it was great. It was, it was so awesome, honestly. It was the first time that you know I you know, publicly described Devo and its functionalities uh, live in front of a huge group of people. So it was very, very fun, honestly. And, and Dubai is phenomenal, man. It's phenomenal. Nice. There's no, so Dubai much sounds <laughs> Dubai sounds great. That's that's a place I need to go to at some point. Oh. It's it's on the yep. long list. 100%. Yo, listen, make sure you got a, you know, pretty big purse when you go there too, my man. That place mm -hmm. is expensive, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm from Vegas and I oh. I went to college in California and I understand expensive. So yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I can only imagine what it's like in Dubai. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty expensive, man. But, you know, just, just to, you know, I, I know probably trying to wrap it up, but like, you know, if I can just say a couple more words, is the yeah, fact of course. That, is that, you know, this project, is very special in the fact that not only are we accessing a market that has not been accessed efficiently and effectively, but also is that we're going to be solving a lot of problems, right? Um, and I always give, when I talk about the monetization perspective, I always give this analogy and it definitely makes sense. If, you know, in every single industry out there where there's a problem, right, that equals a market opportunity, Except in philanthropy, a problem is just a problem. So what we're doing is that we're providing that incentive to solve that problem. We're providing that financial incentive to solve that problem, right? Which solves it, but also provides, because it's untapped, great return or great incentive for the DAO founders, for people who hold the token because the utility is needed. And, you know, it's going to be a revolutionary project. Um, you know, go sign up, follow us on our socials, you know, become a DAO founder. We're getting a lot of interest, especially from a huge couple of partners. So, you know, in one day, it could be just like closed. Um, and yeah, no, yeah, become a DAO founder, you know, sign up on our socials, follow us, ask us questions, sign our Discord, ask us any questions if you have more, any more. We, we love our community. We love answering. We love even getting insight, right? Any feedback. We love that. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love the passion too. It's good to see that there's a, a lot of dry uh, characters out there, even in this space sometimes. So it's good to know that you're passionate about something like this in general, not just because it's blockchain or DeFi, but because you, you seem to enjoy it. Um, 100%, man. When, when I, when I come on a podcast, you know, not having a haircut in a week and a half, man, you know, I definitely <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> you're fine. You look good. Not bad. Um, Cool. Guys, go follow Hamdi. Go check out Devo Protocol. We'll put everything in the description for the episode so you'll be able to find it. Make sure to 
uh, like the video and subscribe as well on whichever platform you're watching this or listening on. Um, and Hamdi, let's do this again soon. Um, you know, let me know when the protocol is about to go live and let's, uh, let's do an episode of beforehand. Let's do it, Brandon. Looking forward to it, man. Absolutely. All right, man. Have a good day. Take care and we'll talk soon. All right, my man. You take care. Bye-bye.